Welcome to the RCF podcast. I'm here today with Jim Soule, the pastor of Quidnesset Baptist Church in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Thanks, Matt. It's a pleasure to be with you. I was asking you earlier, what is one of the great needs today among Christians? And you had a great answer. And, and so I thought this should be the topic of our podcast today. So I'll, I'll let you open us up here. Well, if you had to uh, put me on the, in the position to just say what is one of the greatest challenges and the greatest needs in Christendom, I would think it's our understanding of what happened to us when we embraced the gospel, when we were granted repentance and faith in Christ, and we were put in Christ. I believe there's a crisis of identity mm-hmm. uh, among Christians today, and even among churches, mm-hmm. uh, what our identity is as a result of the gospel. I think if you look in culture in general, you see that there is identity crisis everywhere. Absolutely. In fact, when I was uh, uh, thinking about this topic, I come across the fact that dictionary.com in 2015, their word of the year was identity. And Time Magazine actually did an article on that. And it was based on what was happening in the culture. There was, as you would know, the political upheaval where the main parties, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, they're, they're suffering a loss of identity and they're lamenting that. Then you look at the sexual revolution that's been going on, the eroding of, uh, of sexual morals and thus this, the transgender and all those various aspects of that. It has caused a lot of a loss of identity and a crisis of identity. And I think the church has been influenced by that. And it's likely, well, more than likely, because of the weakness of our pulpits and our teaching to instruct believers on what happens when you're born again. This interaction, or I should say this union with Christ that occurs. And so to answer your question in a long way is that I believe we need to recover what it means to be in Christ and have our identity measured by not what we do, but who we are in Christ. And if you look at the Apostle Paul's teaching throughout his epistles, he would refer to being in Christ, in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, over 160 times. So his definition of a Christian was not someone that makes a profession of faith, but it's someone who understands the radical nature of God the Father uh, giving to the Son a people for his possession, which implies even explicitly that we are in Christ. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, uh, Paul would write to a church that had lost their identity because of all the division and all the preferences. He says to them, of him, God the Father, you are in Christ Jesus who has made unto us wisdom, you know, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So our identity in Christ determines everything. And I think it even goes back to our understanding of creation. Because when God created us, he did not create us as human doings. He created us as human beings to be in relationship. And the fall, as you know, ruptured that to where, you know, we were separated not only from God, but we were separated from understanding our whole identity. And so without the gospel, we don't recover who we truly are, not only as human beings, but in our relationship with the living God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned creation, and one of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 5.17, that if anyone is in Christ, That's right. he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Love that verse, and that's so crucial to our understanding of who we are as Christians. That is an excellent point, Matt, and I think when you look at this uh, understanding of that, 
it sets the stage for everything in your life. Mm-hmm. It is the strongest deterrent to sin, mm-hmm. to, to toying with temptation, because the living Christ, who is Lord of Lord and Kings of King, reigning in heaven, he also reigns in the heart of the believer. And so you have this union that is not only a deterrent against sin, but it also promotes love. It promotes a, a real intimacy with him, knowing that you're never alone. And it's not never alone from just an external reality. It's the inward reality of Christ within you, which produces the hope of glory. I think Christians really need to understand that there is a difference between Christianity and morality. Oftentimes, we identify our spirituality or our condition by what we do, what we don't do, mm-hmm. and even our activity for the kingdom. Is mm-hmm. it you can serve and serve and serve and be in a backslidden condition? And so, mm-hmm. but if you understand who you are in Christ, that insulates you from that false understanding of your spirituality. Jerry Bridges, and I would highly recommend uh, anything that he wrote uh, for your audience, and, and I know you're a fan of Jerry, yeah. is that a couple of his books, when he yeah. wrote one, Transforming Grace, the opening chapter is about getting off the treadmill, uh, the performance factor. And, and I think, generally speaking, Christians struggle with that. They think that if I don't do this, or I don't go here, or I don't hang around here, or I hang around here, then that means I'm spiritual. No, you can be a moral person and not be a Christian. And so, but in Christ, it will produce a morality, but as a result of understanding who we are in the Holy Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because often we hear Christians talk about a lot of the things that are listed in Scripture and say, yes, we should be more loving. Yes, we should be more patient. We should be more kind. We should do all of these things. And it's couched in Christianity or Christian language, at least. We may go to 1 Corinthians 13. But the problem with that is a non-believer could do the same thing, right? Why do you need Jesus? Why do you need Jesus to be more patient? Well, ultimately, we know we can't do it perfectly. But yeah, I I think we confuse that as Christians. We're confusing morality. We're we're confusing good things that Mm -hmm. God calls us to do and saying that in and of itself is Christianity. Jesus is a means to an end. You know, Jesus is the the means by which I can be a more patient person, maybe. I don't think that's Christian at all. Oh, you are absolutely right. And I think that the problem with that is, is that then we redefine Christianity instead of being a radical transformation of being grafted in Christ and living in a Trinitarian fellowship is that now Christianity has been defined by Christian ethics Mm. instead of just the reality of who Christ is. And I think when you look at the metaphors that the Bible tells us about being in Christ, they really, when a Christian meditates on those and thinks about them, it covers the whole spectrum. For instance, if you think about the metaphor of the vine and the branches in John chapter 15, where Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, he says, without me, you can do nothing. And he Mm. would also say that those who bear fruit, you abide in me, you'll bear more fruit. And if you continue to body me, you'll bear much fruit. So mm-hmm. if you want to be a fruitful Christian, then understand the union in Christ. Don't just sign up for the next ministry and go out there and start killing yourself with a lot of activity. Now, I'm mm. not dismissing service, right. but fruitful service is an outflow of our union. It's not the beginning part. And so when you look at the vine and the branches as the first metaphor, it's a source of our power. And so you will only know the power of Christ in you when you meditate and you understand that God has placed you in him as the vine and the branches for that power. And then if you go into the second metaphor uh, of the head and the body, 
Well, that defines our function. We take our orders from the head, and that means there's submission. That means there's a lordship, and the only salvation is lordship salvation. It's the Lord Jesus, and as you understand he's the head, I'm the body, then it creates within us a willful and a glad submission because he's in us as the head, and we are his functioning body to perform all those good service. And then I think you look at the third metaphor that Paul would use, and that is the husband and the wife, the bride of Christ. That provides our intimacy. And so in a real way, when you ponder the union in Christ, it's not some weird mystical uh, experience. It's very practical. The vine and the branches is our power. The head uh, and the body is our direction, and the husband and the wife is our intimacy. And so you have all that wrapped up in these simple two words, in Christ. And when Christians begin to understand that, then I think we have a zeal, a holy zeal that's sustainable, that you don't get uh, burnt out. And I know burnout happens, but what you do is you find that the joy of the Lord is your strength because it flows from this union. That's good. So what do I do if I find myself as a Christian, I affirm those beliefs as a Christian, but I've been really striving on my own to do these things. I've not really had this proper understanding of being in Christ. What should I do now? That's a great question because it does take it from just a doctrine believed to lived out in a practical way. And I would say a couple things. The first one is this, is to understand that your primary existence in this world is to know God is to know him, which is to love him and to serve him. And I would recommend anyone in your audience that they read Knowing God by J.I. Packer. I think that's one of the classics that really show us these truths. So I I think the first thing is you got to understand, and we have got to understand, that we were created for God, by God, and that the gospel is a message of love that brings us into this union. And so you have to safeguard that at all costs. This is not a mechanical, functional, I got to get up and do my Bible readings every day. I'm there. I'm a slave to a plan. I got that. And I've learned over the years not to be a slave to a plan, but a plan is important so that you can have the discipline necessary to cultivate the relationship. So first thing I would say with that, how do you put this in practice or how do I learn more about my union in Christ is get to the point where you understand Psalm 73:25. There's no one on earth I desire more than you, and heaven is my all in all. And so it's a paraphrase of that verse, but what the Asaph is saying is that I've come to the point where nothing matters more than my relationship with Jesus Christ. So that would be the first. I think the second one is you got to commit to community. You have to be in a community of those who are equally hunger and desires to learn about union in Christ. And by the way, like Paul says, you know, I, I press on because I've not apprehended. We will never apprehend, you know, what it the, the fullness of what it means to be in Christ. Uh, we have been blessed, Ephesians 1, 3, with all the spiritual blessings in Christ. We're going to have all eternity to unfold the treasure chest of those riches. For now, though, it should be the pursuit, always seeking, never satisfied, but yet satisfied. There's that paradoxical that I am satisfying Christ, but I want more. I thirst more and more like the psalmist. My soul thirsts for you, my living God. So that's the first thing I would say. If you're an individual believer and you're just discovering, wow, there's so much more in the gospel than me just getting saved, mm-hmm. I would say, get alone with God and say, I want to know you at all costs. And mm-hmm. don't have a prayer life that just puts the petition in the slot, pulls the lever and asks for God to answer. Just come to him and say, I want to know you. At all costs, I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And then I would say that community. The community is so vital. 
is because Christianity is individual, but it's not private, is that we come to Christ individually, but it must be lived out in community. And if you're trying to be an isolated Christian, uh, you're going to meet roadblocks all along the way. You're not going to get there. Uh, Jesus would even tell us the way to pray, our Father. So it's not your or my, it's a, it's a, it's a community affair. And so that would be, be with like-minded people who want to know Christ, seek Christ, and you uh, join in this journey together. Yeah, going back to where we started, it certainly seems like we are lacking that biblical understanding of our identity in Christ. It's it's crazy how much this is neglected or misunderstood. Well, I, I think the I think the believer needs to broaden their understanding of the gospel and broaden that in the in sense don't truncate it just with salvation. Because the gospel is also for the believer. When Paul would open up his letter to the Romans, he says to them, believers, I am eager to come to you to preach the gospel to you. So Paul understood that the gospel isn't just about getting saved and then you shelf it. The gospel is the is the riches of God in Christ that we are to feast off every day. So make it a point to understand the gospel is not just a doctrine to believe to get saved. The gospel is your daily food which will fuel your desire to know him who is the gospel who you are in union with. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the different verses that mentioned being in Christ and what that means for us, I mean, it's in Christ that we are a child of God. We have to understand that that is the beginning point for us, that if we're not in Christ, we're, we're not a child of God. Like, that's right. The, the world wants to say, you know, we're all children of God, but but that's not what, what John 1.12 says. Absolutely. So in Christ, we, we are a child of God. Um, Galatians 3 tells us we are sons of God. We are heirs. That's right. Uh, and that's one of those things that we don't think about. And uh, we may think of, oh, well, I've got heaven at, at some point, but I don't think that's, that's what he's saying there when, when he's talking about us being heirs in Christ. It's not just heaven. <laughs> we, That's right. we have Christ himself. We have freedom mm-hmm. in Christ. First Peter chapter 2, verse 16. And so think of the freedom that we have from sin. And so how do we walk in a way that is holy and pleasing to God? Yeah. It's only by being in Christ. You've done so much with just in that short period of time and just identifying those riches. I, I would encourage every Christian to take their Bible and you know, and go through the New Testament mm-hmm. and mark, write down, highlight every time there's a reference in there to being in Christ, in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. It will make your heart soar when yeah. you see just how dominant that is throughout the New Testament. Yeah, and it's such an important theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think as Christians, we need to dive into this more. And so I want to encourage you guys as students don't just have that mentality of, well, I'm saved. Mm-hmm. I know the gospel in some vague sense, or even I, I know those truths, but but really take it to heart and recognize how this applies in your daily life as you live in Christ. That's a good word, Matt. My final uh, thought by way of practical application of understanding our unity in Christ is be a reader, and be a reader in two cents. Number one is uh, immerse yourselves in the gospel. You can read through the Gospels each month if you read three chapters of the Gospel a day. And can imagine what the transformation would occur in your life if you're constantly walking with Jesus, so to speak, in the Gospels, you know, 12 times a year. So then you're going to see him as he really is, and that's going to fuel your desire to know more of who he is and what he's done. The second thing by way of reader is uh, make sure that you read 
Uh, and there's not a lot out there in a contemporary setting, though it has increased. There are books out there now about union in Christ that are coming off, and they're very, very good. Uh, we mentioned Jerry Bridges. There's a couple yeah. other ones, Reformation Heritage books. They put out some really good books uh, concerning that. I would say read about union in Christ and even go back a couple uh, centuries. Uh, I would recommend reading the Puritans. And don't be afraid to read some of those guys. I understand. It's a hard that, read. Sometimes. I know you can choke on John Owen. I got that. You know, <laughs> But if you read and, and labor through those uh, those uh, those treasure chests, John Flavel in particular, he wrote yeah. a book on the mystical union of Christ and the believer. That's worth your time. I think that being a reader of the old guys, so to speak, will really uh, help you in that pursuit. That's good. That's helpful. Thanks, Jim. This has been a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again. Oh, I'd love to. And I hope I want to ask you. Well, thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the RCF podcast. If you'd like more information on Rhodey Christian Fellowship, visit us on our website, RhodeyFellowship.com or on Instagram at Rhodey Fellowship.